Hello. Yo. It's Ergo. It is indeed. Still is. Always will be. I wonder at what point I started going, hello. (laughs) (laughs) Researchers, go back and find out which episode that started. Oh my God. I will pay you a hug and a (laughs) t-shirt. You can tell me the first episode where I went, hello. (laughs) I'm Kiss. I'm Damon. And what we do here is showcase the folks reshaping the culture of Chicago for the more equitable and creative. We have a great guest on the show today, a emerging rapper. Uh, and who was just really a joy to talk to. Yeah, I rock with him. Good dude, good spirit, great mm-hmm. conversation. And some excellent songs. Some dope rap. So yeah. I'm, I'm excited to, to see what's coming from him. Before we get to that interview, uh, a couple community announcements. Uh, first up, if you are to the north of Chicago in Milwaukee, Ergo alum and friend of the show, Rick Wilson, is performing on the 29th. That's Friday the 29th at 7 p.m. at the back room at Collectivo Coffee. So make sure you peep Rick up there. And then on Friday the 29th, back here in Chicago at Colds, is the next edition of All Smiles. That's Rich Jones's show. And on that, we have Ambi Lyrics, Sun Boulevard, and Kurtza. And then lastly, on the 6th, the next edition of Digital Freshness, put together by Closed Sessions, has Bronx MC Kemba coming out alongside Brittany Carter and Khalid B. You got anything you want to throw in there, Dame? Yeah, on the 30th, that is the Saturday, the 30th of March, I will be co-hosting the Community Cafe with Iman. So if you remember the, the Sadia episode we had, also Phnom talked a lot about Iman Inner City, Muslim Action Network, great organization. They're having an event and show at Harold Washington Cultural Center. That's 4701 South King Drive. I will be co-hosting with Authentic Asila. K-Love will be performing and some other folks will be there. So it's going to be a, a great event, great time. Definitely check that out and check out all the work Iman is doing. Before we get to this interview, I'm going to put in a little bit of one of the songs from our guest, the one and only Southpaw Suede. Let's hit a lick, let's hit a lick I'm trying to ball now Crazy how they ain't picking up calls now Oh no, fit, can't have a fit Sometimes you fall down Guess it's time to figure out how to crawl now sure. Me and my wife would be like, okay If you put it in the sink, wash it And we'll do that for like three days mm-hmm. And then three days after that, it's a pile Because neither one of us follows <laughs> up with it as long as yeah. both people don't follow the rules, yeah, yeah, that's yeah, fine. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. then you're both following. That, that's fine. Right. You're on the same. Yeah, it's, I'm more of a corrupter. I'm more of a like, <laughs> like, just lower your standards. <laughs> yeah, <that's fine>. <laughs> <laughs> Clean as a social construct. Wow. <laughs> you really endeared yourself there. <laughs> it's almost like uh, stepbrothers. Do we just become <laughs> best friends? <laughs> <laughs> Clean as a social construct. <laughs> yes, sir. That is my sentence right there. That's going to be my pinned tweet. Right. <laughs> if you ever tweeted anyone. If I ever tweet again. Damon quit Twitter. I've yeah. not quit. I have I have taken a, an extended step back. Okay. That's uh, probably it's, good, it's though. It's called, you know, a, a young James Harden travel mm-hmm. from the Twitter game. Yeah. And, and I, as I... That's, that's hilarious that he doesn't do a step back. He does a hiatus. Yeah. <laughs> 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 He's a, it's a leave of absence. Yeah. Right. <laughs> 
He's booking flights yeah. every time. Yeah. <laughs> His pivot foot will return, you know, next season. Yeah, it's, it's a retreat. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, my plan is as, 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 step back and retreat. <laughs> oh, that's great. As I get my workout. I just don't want to be in discourse for discourse sake. Yeah, you know, I get you. And everybody's want to be wants to be a pontificator, an analyst. Oh, a, 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 what's the other word? There's a pundit. Word. A pundit. Yeah. There's all this. Punditry. It's almost like it's not okay to not have an, not necessarily have an opinion, but not to like. If you're uninformed, get informed. Right. You don't have to. You don't have to tell everybody <laughs> yeah. that yeah. you're uninformed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or even that you are informed. Right. Or that's, yeah. Like and now you're competing with other people's punditry. Like, oh, yeah. I could say a better word than right. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the only people who knew you were crazy were your friends. Back in the day. <laughs> That's funny. Now everybody knows you're crazy. Oh man, and they don't even love you like your friends do. Right. Yeah. At least with your friends, you they're can... like, "Oh, he's crazy." Right. On Twitter, like, oh, "He's crazy." Now you're canceled. I, I found myself thinking in tweet, right? Like as <laughs> as life is happening, or as like there's a, a pop culture moment. Right. I'm trying to figure out my sound bite. Get and that the, tweet off. And now yeah. I'm now I'm looking around, and now I'm just becoming super reactive and responsive. Instead of like remaining focused and disciplined on the things I'm trying to think about, damn, I think hop off Twitter for a couple of days. And people expect more of you if you're like Twitter active or have mm-hmm. some type of significance of Twitter, but you don't bring any actual value. No. So, <laughs> so like you know, there was this like responsibility of like voice, and mm-hmm. you have to step up. You have to show it. Like you know, there's mm-hmm. this extra layer of accountability. That. To the imagined community that right, doesn't exist, right. Right. And, and so you know, yeah, it's like nah, I feel you it. don't you don't even see me. You know, you can't expect yeah. anything of me outside of what yeah. I have the capacity to do, which is yeah. what I'm doing. View the internet like your sink. Just lower the expectation. <laughs> <laughs> Wokeness is a social social construct. <laughs> that truly, yeah. yes. Yeah. <laughs> On that note, shall we? Let's shall do, we do it. The thing? Let's do it. This is fun. We're here with we, a wonderful special guest. We are present. Yeah. We are warmed up. We're ready to go. Yeah. Just the zingers are flying. Yeah. We got yeah. Southpaw Suede in the building. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. If you If you could pick any animal to have as your intro music, what would the uh what animal would it be? Man. I've literally never thought about that in uh-huh. my life. Uh-huh. I'm gonna have to go with like a lion. That's okay. a, that's a yeah, good right. solid yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. like Straight the Metro Golden like a, Mayor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Regal. Where well, we have a tradition here. Okay, we like to start our conversations with a two part question. All right. And so, in this time, and parenthetically, mm-hmm. define time however you want. Okay. Today, this hour, but this season, this year, this lifetime, in this time, how is the world treating you, mm-hmm. and how are you treating the world? I really like that question, and Thank I've heard you. it a couple of times because I listen to you. Oh, love! Yeah. Um, and I didn't want to. I didn't want to construct me. an answer till I got here. <laughs> okay, Beautiful. I appreciate yeah. that. Um, I love an intentional lack of preparation. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. Yeah. That's, that's how I walk through the world. <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. Um, if I had to be super honest, which I plan to be, uh, I don't think the world's being super kind to me. Mm-hmm. But in that, um, I'm trying to be. Uh, and I'm trying to be intentional in finding the good. Okay. Um, so the world may not be being kind to me, but I'm trying to find the the silver lining in the world. Yeah. Mm, yeah. That's, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Yeah, it's a tricky. How's that going? Yeah, what's, what's some of that? <laughs> as, as much as some of that silver do, shining. But, yeah. uh, I mean, some days are better than others. Yeah. Um, it's definitely never like a 100% bad or a 100% good. Yeah. Um, I think I'm just kind of like living in the murky area mm-hmm. right now. 
Um, and yeah. it's okay. Like, I'm trying to find ways to stay encouraged and be up. Um, not like a false show of up, but like right. actually enjoying life throughout the random BS that comes our way. Yeah. What's something, and this is could be for everybody, what's something that like made you laugh or smile or just like feel baseline good in the last like week or two? Nice. It could be media. It could be an experience you had, like something that like made you laugh hard, something like that. I can't even think of something that yeah. made me laugh super hard recently. Or it could be a longer. I'm, that's kind of I'm yeah. stealing this question from another podcast. I <laughs> got you. Where it's honestly, like with something that made you laugh the hardest. But yeah, uh, Pete Holmes is that where? Yeah, you? yeah, yeah. yeah. Nice. <laughs> a podcast listener. Look yeah. at that. Um, but we cite our sources here. <laughs> that's what we do. Actually, I don't. Honestly, some of the like the brightest parts. Of the Merc is mm-hmm. like just interacting with my wife, which might sound like I don't know how it might sound, but it's the honest truth. Um, so it just, sounds wonderful. Yeah, <laughs> this may be our first. Yeah, shout out to the wife. Shout yeah. out to let's, the wife. Let's go there. Yeah, this. Let's shout it out. Now, like I think in three or four answers mm-hmm. on and off mic. Yeah, she's coming up quickly. So I, no, I, I like her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> shout out to her. Let, let's great. Let's get into let's get into wifey. Who, who's yeah. wifey? What? Um. So how y'all meet? We met actually. Um, through some mutual friends uh, that lived scattered about the country. Okay. Um, so our initial interaction that we ever had was like on Twitter. Ah, yeah. back to the Twitter. Back wow. to Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You can't step away from Twitter now. You are, you are indebted to Jack. But, but I can because like I got what I needed. Right, that's I true. Dip out. Now every year you just had your little anniversary tweet. You know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, boo. Yeah, that was, uh, that's how we initially met. Um, was this a DM situation? Was this a, a tagging situation? How did this go down? Was this above ground? Did you follow and mention each other? So, yeah, we did. We did. Um, initially... Before I found this out, like searching through like the Twitter catacombs, but like <laughs> before we ever were like talking on that level, she was actually like a fan of my music. Ah. Um, so it kind of, <laughs> so it kind of, I guess our interaction kind of started there, but it was never really like okay. she wasn't thinking about me right, like right, like that. Yeah, yeah, and I wouldn't think about her, and then it was. Really just the, you know, you can build, like, communities mm-hmm. online. Yeah. It was just kind of, we knew a bunch of the same people. We ended up in, like, a group chat. Oh. And the more that we interacted, I was like, man, I really like her mind. I really like how she thinks. And that's when I went into the DMs, like, yo, let's figure something out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. This- Were y'all in the same part of the of the country, in the same no. place? I was in Florida at the time, and she was in California. Oh, that's as Close as far as you can get away from each other. You'd have to be in like in the continental United States. You could not be far. You could be in like northern Maine and she could be in San Oh, you went the other way. Northern Maine to San Diego. Right. Or we don't have to do this. (laughs) (laughs) People get get basic geography. Far, not close. I'd like to take a time out from your love story and let's talk geography for a while. (laughs) That's that's interesting. Like the, the group chat seems like such a fertile ground. Right. I mean, it's a fertile ground for a lot of things. It's, it's fertile for what you plant. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So, give it and take it away. Yeah. If, if you plant foolishness, you go get some food. So be honest. Were you yeah. like, were you contributing to the group chat for her gaze? Were you like, let me, let me work Absolutely. This 100%. <laughs> the group chat virtue signal. I, I would not have been in the you group chat. You would have not been chatting. If it were not for her being in it. Uh, so, yeah. that's, so how many years ago was this? Because this is Twitter. So. Oh, man. So we've been married. <laughs> we've been married almost a year now. Oh, congratulations. Wow, Thank you. Um, man. I'm so excited. We've been together like three years. So that might have been close to four. Okay. Yeah. 
This wow. is this is a beautiful love story. Yeah, how wonderful. <laughs> it is the most contemporary sound. No, of word. We're like, in the midst of it. Sometimes I really feel like I am a man of the times. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> That's funny. What are other ways are there other ways that you think you're a man of the times? I think not to go heavy all of a no, sudden. I'm, but kind of how I was talking about like I'm kind of just finding the silver mm-hmm. throughout the BS on on every side. Um I feel like that's our generation. Mm-hmm. Like we were sold a bill of goods that this is how you get success. This is how you do this. This is how you do that. And a lot of that just doesn't work. And we find ourselves like in the middle ground of trying to, of what we were told and what we're experiencing. And we're like, Mm -hmm. we're somewhere in the middle. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a really acute way to observe kind of like the macro of it. I'm just thinking about like the confusion that people have or that Mm -hmm. I have, I'll put it on me of like figuring out, which you know which what is myth and what isn't myth mm-hmm. and how hard even when you th- know something is myth it is to like discard it yeah. because it's it's a comfortable myth or it's a myth and that can be like the macro stuff or that can just be in a relationally with people like you build a story yeah. of what something is and then even when you know that story isn't true or useful anymore you, you still, still kind of carry it with you yeah yeah but i think dame actually you're probably better at letting myths fall away than anybody i know oh yeah you kind of have a sense of what is based in reality and you're like you know what i don't care how comfortable this is i'm gonna go with what seems to actually be based in truth oh man thank you that's what i tried i'm trying to think of an example yeah i mean we were talking relative and this is like very macro political all that stuff we we were talking about like rock with us the uh, about american (laughs) exceptionalism and, (sighs) and all this stuff about like is there anything particular to this state in this country that is exceptional or better or different than anywhere else. It, it really challenged me in terms of, you know, I am very critical in a lot of ways, but that idea of like there is nothing unique or special or remarkable about this place in yeah. relationship to anywhere else. And I'm still wrestling with that. What what, what are your... I mean, I, I think yeah. that, you know, the, the axis you got to intersect with that idea of exceptional is like violence when it comes mm-hmm. to like the United States of America. So anything that could be deemed... We are exceptionally violent. Yeah, like that's what we are <laughs> <laughs> exceptional at is violence. Yeah. And any of the like the rewards of that that we use hmm. to defend or we attribute to exceptionalism is usually rooted <laughs> through violence or some type of extraction, right? Like we're 5% of the planet using 25% of the planet's resources. Mm-hmm. People are not agreeing to, like, people don't want the world to work that way. Yeah. It is only through dominance and force that, like, you know, at the root, the energy is is where we get all, you know, our phones and our yeah. refrigerators and shoelaces and So stuff. the things that we think of as being, like, built in the ideals are through the extraction and through the violence. Yeah. That's what makes them possible. Yeah. Not, yeah. not some, like, better idea. I mean, yeah. that's the that was like the whole idea that was like manifest destiny like right. that's exactly what you're talking about is yeah. we're going to build and it will be at the expense of others y'all want to do some historical imagining with me i was just okay. asking myself this question yesterday right? all right so the the manifest destiny the american project like yeah. we sum it up you know a, a few european colonial powers got wind that oh they didn't know what the fuck they were talking about mm-hmm. there's all of this planet <laughs> that still <laughs> exists that they have not had access to and it's so fertile it's some of you know the most farmable land it, it, it is a rich space yeah let's you know do this project of building nation state there capital development blah 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 but the way we're going to do that is through extermination genocide captivation slavery warfare yeah what if this project was happening like collaboratively and like cooperatively? 
right? Like, hmm. what if it was like, yo, Africans, y'all are really good at all this shit, right? Like, y'all over here mm-hmm. farming and blah, indigenous native folks. This is a beautiful place. And there's so few of you. There's yeah. like a lot of land left. Can we come and get in in this jam? And like, yeah. we got, I don't know, guns to hunt better. I don't know. Yeah. But like, what would America look like if it wasn't built on genocide? If it was built in, co- in collaboration rather than co- competition. Yeah, like if it was like yeah. a, a global project. Like, hey, yeah. let's let's rock together. Yeah. I don't think it would exist. <laughs> do we think? Do we think it was? Po- it, 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 it would be possible. Well, let's think. Are there other place? global projects that have worked since? Whatever. Yeah. I don't know of any global project. Right. So Esperanto, <laughs> the like language they tried to make up, uh, but yeah. people don't speak that. <laughs> so that doesn't work. Man, I don't think might have pinned us in a corner with this question. Yeah. No, yeah, because I, I don't think that it would happen. Work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's the answer. It's an, it is an interesting question. It's some some interesting imagining. I'm just thinking about like even the tangible like architecture and stuff like that. Like just the way land would look, the way land would be used. That idea of like mishmashing different strategies and techniques and ways of thinking about things and trying to come up with something that like fits the peculiarities of this terrain and this climate and all that stuff using the skills of different people. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah, because like I think about this like just like capitalism overall, right? Like like let's think of like our utilities. Like why do we have to pay for water when the world's two-thirds water? Why do we have to pay for food when, Mm -hmm. when we know how to grow food? All the things that we've had or that have been done we're done by human beings, right? It, we don't need the idea of this dollar of exchange. We don't need the idea of like subject and dominator right. for those things to have happened, right? Like it was still people who figured out how to go across the, you know, mm-hmm. it was people that figured out how to m- make the farmland. It was just done through horrific fucking, right. it was it was bullshitting, yeah. you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, as of right now, whatever it takes to turn the lights on, there are people that are doing that. And what if they just decided, hey, let's just do this for people and then give it to them? Yeah. And yeah. they cooperate and then they do their thing. Unfortunately, I don't, I don't believe the human psyche, the collective works that way. Like, mm. I don't think there would ever In- be a. Inherently? Yeah. Maybe it's an issue of we're too far gone. Hmm. And maybe there are examples of communities working that way. But I think anytime you have two people, someone's going to try to find a way to assert dominance hmm. over another. Mm. Um, whenever there's whenever there's a difference, if it's a whether it be real or imagined, I think right. someone's going to try and make their difference or the other person's difference like either up or down. Like it's they're gonna try to subjugate. That's hmm. super interesting. I want to bring that back to what we were already talking about to okay. get off this like super abstract, yeah, of like partnership, right? Like mm-hmm. we are all in committed relationships. Okay, that's dope. And the, and the claim you just made yeah. was whenever two people engage, mm-hmm. there's gonna be some type of competitive dominance. I was gonna ask you what have you learned from this relationship, but now mm-hmm. let's bring that idea. How okay. does that work in like our intimate relationships? Because I would feel like. The more intimate, like, the less true that is, but maybe right. I'm wrong. No, I think you're correct. The more intimate it is, I think it's something that you have to fight against. Right. Um, ah. It's not the only thing you bring, but right. it is a piece of it that you can balance and all that. Yeah, you know like, mean? there's just going to be, like, human power struggle because you want your way. Mm-hmm. That your mm-hmm. way feels right mm-hmm. because it's yours and it emanated from within you, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, in love, you have to now consider someone else's way mm-hmm. right you have to consider their feelings and their heart and what they what what they are inclined to do um yeah. so while i still think that when there's two people there will be a power struggle i think in love in a committed relationship 
part of that relationship is leveling that playing field. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you have an incentive other than winning. Yeah. That's I think yeah. that was the big thing is like do you want to be happy or do you want to be the winner? Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> and and sometimes like winning means both people win mm-hmm. and sometimes it means both people lose. <laughs> you yeah. know, nobody gets what they want, but if the end point is like I'm valuing this connection and this trust over me winning, mm-hmm. then that enables I think a lot of open communication that helps people get what they want. Right. And if we could operate like that as a society, that would be dope. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you think we could socialize ourselves to get to that point? I I I probably will sound like a nihilist, but I, that's cool. We can do I, some nihilism. But I don't think so. I think there's not enough because I think what creates that kind of like thing between people is proximity, um, empathy, mm-hmm. and if we don't have those things, yeah, there's no way that this person's going to go. Oh well, let me consider them. And a shared future. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's fu- the other yeah, part. It's, that's a very real part You can part care of for someone. You can be empathetic toward them. But if you don't see your fate and, like, your even near future intertwined with theirs, right. <laughs> then you're not, like, on the same team necessarily. Mm-hmm. You know? So I, I feel like th- this thread, which I agree with, is conditional, right? Because mm-hmm. we are all subjects of the American project. Mm-hmm. It is hard for us to imagine another reality. But I think that dominance mm-hmm. and that like human competitiveness is not like inherent okay. to our species. Okay. Right? Like I think that almost, you know, some like uh ISIS papers, like Iceman inheritance thing, mm-hmm. like there have been throughout human history, the planet has had like severe ecological conditions mm-hmm. that I think promoted that type of dominance and competitiveness that then like gave some type of advantage that we are now replicating and reproducing. But I think there are plenty of like examples of where there's like an abundant and symbiotic relationship to nature where like cooperation and empathy is as rooted as like we see dominance and competition. Well, you know, this I think is, we can, I think we can like recreate those conditions. I, I think rock we can strive that. to that. I think this is where we throw in the sound effect for my chimps and bonobos anecdote, <laughs> <laughs> which I think not just by me, but I think it's probably the most cited thing on every podcast in the world. <laughs> but basically, they're like we're equally quote, close genetically to chimps and bonobos. Chimps compete. Bonobos are cooperative and have sex with each other and share mm-hmm. all their food, and we are the same distance from each of them. But even that, right? Because like all chimps aren't competitive in all bonobos. Right, but the chimps that aren't competitive and aren't strong die. Right, but they are they are different chimps in different places that have different they rock differently. We're gonna have to have some other <laughs> some other species on the podcast. <laughs> all right. Let's talk about rap. This is yeah, yeah let's yeah. talk about rap. This is early in. I'm I'm being healthy and I have to pee. Okay. Time out. I'm gonna out. take I'm a quick I'm gonna take a quick There we go. <laughs> Man, being healthy is not conducive to podcasting. If, <laughs> I, the bathroom if I am being hydrated, <laughs> I cannot sit for an hour without urgently have to use a bathroom. Oh, There's not man. an hour of the day. <laughs> How much water are you drinking? So this is my second smoothie okay. of the day. So okay. I had one Damn. that was like mostly hey, vegetable. So here's let me let me let me, me hip you to the game. So right. what I do is it's like kale, spinach, broccoli is usually core. Sometimes on a good day, okay. I might have like some celery in there or something, right? Okay. Whole avocado, banana, right? And then today is just some pineapple and cherries. Usually it's a little bit more fruit okay. and then some supplements, right? So now I drink that and then 
take the, my pill supplements, my capsules, and finish work. it and finish it to like right here. Okay. Right. Then I cut up a whole entire lemon with the peel, throw it in there, cut up a cucumber, throw in a few more pineapples, and then remix it. And this is a little bit more watery. And this is like the alkalizing, energizing. Okay. You dig? So it's my like after joint. Uh, yeah, I feel like you got to be home a lot to be able to do that. I, I did, it, you know, kind of. Not really though. Okay. Just you know, I got a neutral bullet, so you just okay, throw it just, in, okay. and then you know whatever you well, got to so cut up. You just need up, a but, lot of like regular fruit purchases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You got yeah. You got a vegetable fruit shop one and a half times a week. Gotcha. Yeah, celery, the purgatory of vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's let's talk raps. Yeah. Let's talk let's talk raps because you happen to be very good at raps. Oh man, I appreciate um, that. Thank which you. makes sense because you're there's some brilliance. Oh here. man, yeah, thank yeah, you. And what yeah, you're yeah. bringing. So let let I want to talk a little bit about um, song structure and how you see putting a song together because it, it just in the in the bits that I've heard, mm-hmm. um, like they feel very well crafted um, beyond that. just the concept of like bars to hooks to like it feels like you have a sense of how a song comes together. So I'm always interested for people who do both the production and the writing. Yeah. What are the metaphors you use to envision what a song looks like? Being that I do produce, um, and mostly most of my music is on other people's beats because mm-hmm. I have wildly talented friends. Mm-hmm. But I think because I do produce, I am able to kind of like, instead of just look at it as like, okay, where to hook at? I see songs as like a a fluid thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um I don't have to rap 16 bars and then give you a hook. I don't have to. I could do kind of whatever I want. Mm-hmm. The song moves as I move. I take songwriting as a very, like, emotional thing, given that our emotions don't remain the same at all right. times. <laughs> um, I don't think song structure has to stay the same at, the, yeah. at, at all times. Where did this understanding come from? Were you producing first, writing first, happening at the same time? Like, I think how did this crystallize? I first started making beats because I was rapping like in a group and mm-hmm. we were going around Florida doing kind of some kind of cool stuff but like beats were like expensive or terrible so, <laughs> so and That's I was so accurate yeah the, like, the young rapper's plight yeah <laughs> I was like 15 at the time so like I don't have money yeah. right um so my stepdad at the time actually bought me a Casio um keyboard and Another first shout out to stepdad. Yeah, I mean, he's no longer my stepdad. So okay, well, stepdad at the time. Shout but, out to that move. Shout, yeah, out, to, shout yeah. out to Casio. <laughs> to Casio. Um, shout but, out Revolt. No, nah, he's he's cool. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's good people. All right, um, all right. Reinstate it. Yeah. <laughs> but he bought me this Casio piano that was like a five track recorder. Wow. Um, and you could only. If if the song was three minutes and forty nine seconds, I would have to play the part for three minutes and forty nine seconds, mm-hmm. right? So that being the case, I don't want to play the same three chords the same exact way. Oh, so you couldn't cut and loop? I couldn't cut and loop. Uh, so I don't want to play the same three chords the same way for three minutes and forty nine seconds. Yeah. So the beats would have like some movement and changes in them because hmm. I just don't want to keep doing the same yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, a little bit more I, of a jazz like approach. Yeah. yeah. So I think that kind of subconsciously became a part of my production in general because mm. I just don't want stuff to stay the same. Now yeah. that I can edit and move things around, like even more reason to not have things be stagnant. Yeah. yeah. That's some real skill building right there. It really was. Yeah. I like I look back on that and I'm like, man, that's the best way. That was the best way for me to get into making beats. Were you already like 
connected to instruments at the time? Did you have like, a, did you learn chord progression and like music theory on that, or did you come with some of that now? So like my granddad from a young age was always trying to stick an instrument in my hand. Shout out to granddad. We, we're absolutely we're, we're racking them up right now. Absolutely. Shout out to genealogy. Yeah. Shout out to coming from people. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but my granddad, he was always trying to he gave me a bass guitar, he uh, gave me a lead guitar, um, he gave me a keyboard. And when I was a child, I didn't want to do none of that. <laughs> like right. I just wanted to go outside and play football. I just mm-hmm. wanted to go run into people. Um so like there was a little bit of a foundation there. Mm-hmm. Um, somewhere around fifth grade, I think they offered the option to play like violin in school. And my mom made me do it. Mm. But I loved it. Oh. Mm. Um, so that's where I kind of really got introduced to like formal music, like reading yeah. reading notes and like learning the parts of music. Yeah. Was granddad a musician? He wasn't. He was just like ill like that. Yeah. <laughs> like I feel like I get most of my swag from him. Like, he's not even my, like, genetic grandfather. What are the particular he's... types of swag that granddad was bringing to the table? <laughs> Man, there's like, all types of granddad swag. Yeah. So <laughs> a spectrum. He was, like, fly as hell in the 70s. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, okay. like right. he was, like, that dude yeah, in the yeah. 70s and the, in the 80s. Um, I think your granddad knew his granddad. Probably. <laughs> we'll talk about Sunday. Yeah, yeah, but, but let's say, yeah. fly in the 70s. Yeah, he was Do like, you have pictures of the outfits? He had the oh, rings, man. the whole thing? Afro, pinky rings, gold chains. Like, he was out in L.A. at the time, but he's, he's from Florida. If you imagine, like, Southern Pimp, mm-hmm. like, that was him. Mm-hmm. I'm um, picturing the crowd at Watt Stacks, that documentary. Have we talked about this on the show? No. Stacks Records had a, like, anniversary show uh-huh. in the L.A. Forum. Mm-hmm. In like '78, maybe. Okay. The entire stadium—it's all black people. He was probably there. The show is. <laughs> the, the documentary is hosted by Richard Pryor, but he's not at the event. He's just in a pool hall doing narration. <laughs> <laughs> it's the first thing he did on camera after like the meltdown, and then like, like the literal catching on fire. Mm-hmm, meltdown? <laughs> the meltdown. Yeah. yeah. And then Isaac Hayes is one of the headliners. He come. He gets driven to the stage. In a station wagon. Oh man! <laughs> and is wearing like a gold chainmail shirt. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. It is one of the best docu- music is documentaries ever made. Picture. I so I imagine yeah. he was sitting section three eleven B. Yeah, yeah. He was a real smooth nigga. Man. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, so that's kind of he enjoys the arts. Mm-hmm. He would sit down with a glass of whiskey and just be playing like Motown records. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm just there absorbing all of this. Mm-hmm. Like that was kind of like my first idea of manhood. Like, oh, this is what a man does. A man sit down in his chair, blast music and sip whiskey. Do you have a chair? No? I, I don't have a chair yet. Ah, uh, you, have, have, you have not yet made it. Yeah, I haven't made it yet. <laughs> That's pretty close to my provision of, of like a masculinity that I'm comfortable with. Right. Because I'm sitting in a comfortable chair with a good drink and yeah. some good speakers pointed at me. Yeah. I don't know why I haven't, that's so aligned with my personality. I don't have better chair goals. No, man, I'm trying to get there. That's like, I'm, try, I'm trying to recreate really what he set up. Yeah. Oh, we're getting so old. Oh, my right? God. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. So so you said that you were doing some cool stuff in a group around Florida yeah. at 15. What kind of cool stuff? Um, To us, we were world changing. Like, you know what I'm saying? We're 15 years old. People are... Booking us to, I was in Gainesville, Florida at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, people booking us to go way out south to Miami for a Lauderdale. People booking us to go north to Tallahassee. We dipping and dabbing in Georgia a little bit. Like we thinking we changing the world at this yeah. point. What's the group called? If you wanna. So, oh man! At it. this time, uh-huh. the name of the group, group name, yes. was Instruments of God. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. So okay. is this yeah. a church affiliated church? It was. It, it was kind of like um, we were we were all going to the same church. Mm-hmm. We were all like like minded, mm-hmm. um, and we were creating some music that I look back on and I go, "Man, that was terrible." But people really liked it at the time. Yeah, <laughs> at least the people that was booking us. It sounds very auntie approved. Yeah, one hundred percent auntie approved. <laughs> Actually, Man. instead of the parental advisory, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, that should be right next. Yeah. To but that was like oft- a, a oftentimes in the middle. <laughs> oftentimes, the the church is a is a place where like talents and abilities get like cultivated. Mm-hmm. So like, I never look down on that time yeah, period because yeah. it was all of the stuff I'm doing now kind of stems out of that time period. Um, going around Florida doing shows. Uh, was there kind of like a like a circuit for young artists who are making music that's it was a little it was, it was a little bit of a circuit it was, it was some of the same faces mm-hmm. but yeah for the most part it was just kind of us kind of on our own because there was there was a couple other groups in our same city that were doing similar things mm-hmm. and we were all kind of like friends ish yeah um but yeah that It'd was be funny if y'all had beef right Christian <laughs> beef Christian beef is a real thing <laughs> but. Yeah, so that was that was kind of like the the formative time there, just running around Florida. Yeah. We we started our own studio. Wow, like we were some pretty like industrious kids. Yeah, like, we rented out like this uh, storage facility. We we rented out one of them that was like converted into an office, mm. and we built a studio in there. Uh, hmm. We was charging people to come in. That's kind of how like part of my college was paid for recording people like wow. in, that yeah. stu- in that studio so that so you was engineering uh, for people too yeah uh, yeah tried to be like a, a jack of all trades mm-hmm. so you invested yeah. so much time and energy and this was like your whole world it sounds like yeah. this was something that you was so central to your day-to-day and probably it sounds like how you thought of yourself as an artist yeah was it college that took you away from that or or, or what kind of expanded it in a different way or moved you in a different direction? Um, moved me in a different direction, like thematic, like through in the music or? Regardless, locationally or yeah. just just like, you know, we've both been in, I'm thinking about like some of the Let Us Breed times where it's like this is your whole world mm-hmm. is you have your, your group of people, yeah. you're making your thing, you're building your thing and then there might be something that like kind of breaks that spell I a little it. bit. So it was three of us mm-hmm. and the other two people in the group kind of hated each other. Like mm. it started out good, and I always found myself like as the peacemaker in the middle. Mm. And after a while, I wasn't That's able tough. to make enough peace, <laughs> and yeah. that group kind of fell apart. I guess friendships were still had, but the group kind of fell apart. Wow. Yeah. And then it was time to more focus on like me as an artist yeah. by myself, mm-hmm. which is funny because we were doing all this cool stuff in high school, and p- there's still people at my high school who are like, "Oh man, you rap." Because, like, I wasn't telling nobody. Hmm. <laughs> like, Why not? I don't know. It's just always been kind of like the, I never want to be the dude who walks in the rooms like, hey, yo, cuz, I rap. Right, right. Like, because that dude's always trash. Mm-hmm. Is, this, like, is this MySpace era or is this Facebook era? This is MySpace, Facebook. We're getting into that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like, I was, we're getting into Facebook at this point. Okay. Um, that is a, a conundrum for an emerging rapper. Yes. If you know that the person who says, I rap, is probably not that good out of a rapper, but you want people to hear your raps. Mm-hmm. How has that uh, evolved for you as you've been trying to figure out a, a lane to right. have this be your life? Um, I think part of it is making actual relationships with people. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of it is, like, letting them speak for you. Yeah. Uh, I can say that for, like, 
Thelonious Martin, I mentioned him earlier before we got the mics on. That's one of my best friends, right? And before we even got to that place of friendship, we, I would be somewhere, we working together, and we walk in a room, and he's like, hey, yo, this is my homie Suede. He's a phenomenal rapper. He's mm-hmm. saying stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And it's easier to digest coming sure. from him than it is from me going, hey, yo, cuz, I'm a phenomenal rapper. Like, yeah. it just, it doesn't work that way. Well, well I'm Daniel. Nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so I think building relationships with people and trying to find your places, your place in yourself in places where it kind of comes out organically yeah. and not as forced. Yeah. Um, but there is just a real element of like, sometimes you have to self-promote. Yeah. And I think that's one of my like biggest challenges because I just hate to look and feel like the sleazy kind of grimy, mm-hmm. like rapper shame is real. Yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and I, I hate to feel like the guy that's just in the room to get something from you. Yeah. When's the time it's felt best? When, has there been a time where you're like, all right, I got to promote myself. I got to let people see me mm. and I'm doing it in a way that like I feel has integrity and like I have no shame. I honestly think it feels best when it's coupled with like relationship. Yeah. Like I said. You have an example of that? Well, the, um, beyond, is, other than the Thilo? Yeah, like when it? I'm in a room and let's say Thilo introduces me to somebody or we're all just kind of in a circle kicking it. Yeah. And, you know, we're talking about things and then I was making this beat or yeah. doing that and you just kind of like slip it in there. Yeah. And then people get interested because now they're invested in you as a person and don't necessarily feel like you got your hands out trying to grab something from them. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder how this works in other musical genres. I don't think it's as looked down upon in other genres. I agree. I yeah. think the, like, I'm in a band thing. I, I think band shame is a lot less than rapper shame. Yeah. You know, obviously there's maybe some structural things that, that could be that, but what do you mean by the rapper shame thing? Like, to make it structural, it, it's connected to the culture wars, mm-hmm. right? And so the generation above us shaming children for wanting to be <laughs> be rappers, yeah. right? Yeah. Like the, the notion like all you little black boys just want to play basketball and rap. Rapping, play and, football. And, yeah. and that makes you less than, mm-hmm. right? Like a, a good kid lets that go and comes in this classroom and listens and folds yeah. his hands and yeah. fills out this application and, you know, gets this job. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it's definitely generational. And, yeah. and then the, the culture war of the early 90s, like it was, it was almost like a replication of, Hoover, you know what I'm saying? Like the mm-hmm. way the Panthers were the biggest threat. Uncle Luke yeah. and Ice yeah. Cube were the biggest yeah. threats to like American culture. And so, you know, us being late 80s, early 90s kids and our parents hearing that and like their value being right. measured by what are you letting your kids listen to? What are you letting your kids do? Um, and so, you know, those of us who grew up close to some notion of respectable to be a rapper mm-hmm. is only like two degrees above being a drug dealer. Right. And most of the time they think it's the same person. Right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and then, and then there's like, and then on the flip side, then there's like the ego stunner. Right. And mm-hmm. so nobody wants to be the mixtape hander outer. Nobody wants to be the fake chain wearer, or even mm-hmm. like at this point, kind of the real chain wearer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, it's so like, if it's real gold, it's a fake chain. Yeah. So right. like from both sides, like, you, you know, you want to be respectable to your, your proverbial parents, but you also don't want to be the, you know, rappers get spoofed a lot. So I'm trying to think of like a good, like, you know, you don't want to be the CB4 guy. You don't mm-hmm. want to be somebody that like Chappelle would make fun of. Right. Yeah. Or you the know. guy in the room that's coming across thirsty. Like you don't yeah. want to be yeah. the, yeah. 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 The pass out my mixtape dude. Yeah. 
Where did that just happen? Oh, it happened to me in Los. I feel like that rarely happens in Chicago in relationship to New York. I feel like in New York when I was growing up, like that was happening to me constantly. You don't see it as much here. They're, they're, like, they're online now. I think what's crazy, the most mixtapes I've ever been handed out is probably New York. Mm-hmm. And secondly, Louisiana. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know why in Louisiana. Oh, but that's New York and Louisiana. It's like, that's great. Yeah. Have you ever listened to it? Every yes. time. Yes. You listen each and every, every time. time. Because what if it's fire? Have yeah. you found fire? No. <laughs> never found oh, any fire great. at all. So here's the thing I do. Especially if I'm around people, I'll, I'll take it. Mm-hmm. And like we would listen to it together in the car. And I would give you like four to eight bars on three tracks. Okay. Mm-hmm. Right. That's, yeah. That's, that's fair. That's, that's fair. That's and, generous. Yeah. And as an, as a group exercise, mm-hmm. and if it doesn't pass that test, I eject it and throw it out the window <laughs> as we're moving. I feel it. I feel it. <laughs> I'm judging you by beat selection too. Like, mm-hmm. if if the beat come on crazy, next. Do you have a language for that ear? I think most people don't. Like the beat selection can't piece. place how things are mixed or tracked out or right that and I'm super particular about that. You have specific things you can like. Ah, I need or like when you hear something wrong. Like what is the thing that you hear that you go like? Oh no, is I it can't distortion. To this. Is it so understanding that like people have different levels of like one ear. Yeah, mm-hmm. ears are different, and mm-hmm. then also like access to. Mm-hmm. Equipment is right, different. Right. So, like, I think I am a little bit generous, but, like, it's some st- tonal stuff that'll just, it, if it hurts my ears, yeah. bro, I can't, I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah, are yeah, there yeah. no-goes? Are yeah. there, like, absolute no-goes? Yeah, there's absolute no-goes if, like, you come on and you peeking. It's not distortion for taste. It's yeah. distortion because it sounds like you, you don't know what you're doing. Well, then you won, like, the first 20 episodes of Ergo. <laughs> <laughs> I probably started listening somewhere around, like, 50. So. Yeah, that was good. We got, <laughs> we got, we got to the studio. Yeah. Yeah, that's, like, that's a big one for me. And then the other one for me is different verses. And, you know, there's a little bit of generosity in the mm-hmm. era of emailing verses for things sounding really different. Yeah. But if it sounds like one was recorded into a phone and one was recorded in one studio and one verse was recorded in another studio yeah. and it's been pieced together, that drives me crazy. Yeah. But I can imagine as an artist that being tricky if you're trying to get oh, verses, yeah. you know, like. Because there's different engineers, there's different right. recording situations. Yeah. So like people who can mesh those together well. That's quite a Shout skill. Shout out to them. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, like out of key, that's my number one like mm. cut it off because hmm. I don't like out of key like if I'm in church like like, yeah. like that'll take me all out of what we're supposed to be there <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like wait hold on forget what you were saying like can you just just tune the guitar a little bit better <laughs> right I'm like the information for what your voice is supposed to sound like is there it's in the music yeah like, why are you outside of the music yeah, like, yeah. yeah. that comes from like growing up in the church musician realm. But, mm-hmm. yeah. In in your like sphere of collaborators now, are there other people who came up in that same environment? Yeah, there's a there's a few. My homie Xavier is just an artist named Xavier Omar. He mm-hmm. came out oh, of church. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. One of my best friends and like producer that I, that works with me a lot is uh, Kardec Kardec Drums. Mm-hmm. He grew up playing drums in the church. Um, yeah. we all from the south. It's two things you do in the South. You go to church and you watch football. Right. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> like, and if you are a male, you go to church, watch football, and then you play football. Yeah. Like, that's kind of what you do. So a lot of my friends. And eat. Yeah, and eat. <laughs> so a lot of my friends, like, we kind of grew up in that, basically in that, you could, in that culture. Yeah. Yeah. What are the, let's talk about the South a little bit. Yeah. What are the ways that, like, monolith gets applied to the South that bug you the most? 
the assumptions of the whole Dumb. area. Mm. Some of the most brilliant people I know mm-hmm. are from little podunk towns in yeah. the middle of nowhere. Yeah. That's probably the, oh, you know, they, they, they're from the South. They slow, they stupid. That's probably the most irritating one. And then the one that I have to give some credence to is the Florida man, like crazy stuff happens in Florida. <laughs> yeah. Like I have to give some yeah, credence oh to that. God. They like, killed that shit. Yeah. <laughs> For those who don't know, on Atlanta, oh my God, I can't even describe it. That shit was What's so crazy, cool. before they even did that, we were like, we as Floridians. Right. We were following Twitter accounts called Florida Man. It was things that we talked about because okay. the the news stories always start out Florida, Florida Man <laughs> does wild thing that includes alligators. <laughs> so like that was something that we always kind of had like as a joke amongst ourselves, uh-huh. and then it got out. Yeah. And I was like, no, nah, yeah, <laughs> that was like definitely. that was like if your group chat uh-huh. ends up up on the screen. Like, it's yeah. like I don't want everyone to see how I met my wife. <laughs> <laughs> it's interesting the 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 anti southern. How do you say that plays out racially? Because when I think of it, it feels like black elitism, folks who descend from people who move north Mm -hmm. and want to feel better about themselves because we're closer to like the centers of capital and therefore the centers of whiteness. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like an internalized anti-blackness. But I would imagine white people be wilding too because you should always imagine that. (laughs) Because they (laughs) always are. So like, what are the racial dynamics of that stereotype of like anti-Southern thinking slow and dumb? How does that play out for you? There's definitely a all Southerners are dumb. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There's that. And then there is that kind of like inner dimension that you're talking about where like, let's say Northern, I I hate to even use that term, but above the Mason-Dixon line, black people (laughs) can look down on Black people from the South, because it's like, there's the idea that, you know, y'all, your family never moved. Yeah. My family decided we're going to get up out of here. We ain't sticking around for this slave Jim Crow stuff, right? <laughs> um, so there's that dynamic. Hmm. Um, but mostly mostly what I encounter is the blanket, like, all people from the South are dumb. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is like, it's hard to defend it sometimes. But then my retort is like, all people from everywhere. Yeah, well, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> there's no particular place where people are dumber than others. Yeah. Uh, let's so in kind of contrast to the monolith, let's talk a little bit about specifically uh, the area that you know has been home to you. How would you describe like the peculiarities or the particularities mm-hmm. of that part of the South and maybe even that part of Florida? Like, yeah, what are the unique aspects of like your town, your neighborhood, your region? A lot of people don't even think of Florida as the South because they think of like Miami mm-hmm, and they mm-hmm. think of like Disney World. Yeah, they think of Disney World. <laughs> Having driven the whole thing, uh-huh. let me tell you, they're very far. Yeah. <laughs> Those yeah. are very far areas. Yeah, not close at all. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I grew up in central Florida, which mm-hmm. from like central to Tallahassee is the, it's good old Southern boys. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But also where I'm from is I grew up around Dominican kids. I grew up around Mm -hmm. Haitian kids. I grew up around Jamaican kids, Puerto Rican. Like, there's there's definitely, like, the white-black dynamic. But there's also so many other cultures um, just within the state itself that I think that's one of the things I love about being from Florida is, like, I left. when I By the time I left, I had already been in close contact with so many different cultures. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think there's places you can grow up and all you ever see— is black people all you ever see is white people and you don't really get a chance to know anything outside of your own circle yeah um and i think growing up in polk county florida it, it afforded me an opportunity to to one realize i think interacting with different cultures 
helps you realize that you're not the end all be all. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And it also like, demystifies everybody. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think about specifically with Florida and that region, mm-hmm. like after the hurricane in Puerto Rico and like 250,000 Puerto Ricans moved, ended up in Florida. And obviously yeah. they didn't all stay right. in the state. But I think about that as like, you know, we think about migrations and demographic shifts. Like that is a huge influx of people that mm-hmm. like is in line also with longer shifts in complicating that basic narrative of the of the, the binary yeah. How did you observe, and it's fine if there isn't like a concrete example of this, mm-hmm. some of those other groups that don't fall neatly in that binary navigating that? So like how did Haitian friends and Puerto Rican friends and Dominican friends navigate that differently? It gets really simplified really quickly. Yeah. Um, there's always white and white is this thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then you Jamaicans, you Haitians, you Dominicans, y'all are black. <laughs> And then you Puerto Ricans, you Venezuelans, Cubans, Mexicans, yeah. y'all. I mean, the Dominicans also, but like you're 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 Latino, yeah. And that's how we're going to talk about you. And there's there's the whites, the blacks, and then there's the Latinos, and that's it. It goes from binary to three, yeah. <laughs> like, tertiary, yeah. yeah, I, don't yeah, even know. yeah I guess yeah. you could say tertiary. Yeah. So there was binary, <laughs> right? <laughs> so there's not really there's not a whole lot of like nuanced movement yeah. as far as how you're perceived. But now, how about interpersonally, like within friendships? Was there mm-hmm. con- conversation around some of that? Like, oh, it doesn't plenty. sit right. Yeah. Plenty. And also jokes. Hmm. Laughing about our differences. Of course. Um, yeah. How does that play out in the church? That's a, it's a, that's a great question because I think it actually kind of mirrors society more than you would want it to. Mm-hmm. Um, especially like in the church. I think there's a lot of conversations about how, oh, wow, we're much more the same than we thought. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Um, so there's like things that may be traditionally Jamaican or things that may be traditionally Haitian, but you find out, oh, we black people in America, we were doing that too. Yeah. At the root of this, yeah, we're all eating chicken. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, different, maybe a little different season. Right. Like, but it is still chicken. <laughs> that's one of my things is like everybody, especially when it comes to like the oh the African diaspora, it's like Everybody has their version of rice and peas. Yeah. Man. Like everybody, we're, we're all eating the same stuff. Um, but yeah, like there's there's a there's a recognition of the sameness that that exists, mm-hmm. um, which I appreciate. And were the churches the same? I'm sorry to like say that. No, I'm curious. Like fine. were people from the Caribbean or from some of these other places going to the same churches as like black uh, folks from at Florida? least in my context? Yes. Hmm. But I do know of there's plenty of churches where it's like. This is a Haitian church. Yeah. I've seen those. Yeah. But like in my context, we all kind of intermingle. Hmm. When did you start making the move here? Man. So I moved. At about 52 minutes through. <laughs> <laughs> I moved here about three years ago, somewhere around there. Okay. Um, I came up before then because uh, my manager at the time was here. He had recently moved here and they were like, yo, man, why don't you come up here? We'll shoot a video, maybe work on some songs, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, came up here, shot that video. Video never came out. Of course. <laughs> but, like, I really enjoyed my time here. So I went back home, and then I was searching, looking for a job, couldn't get a job. So I'm essentially at home doing nothing, mm-hmm. um, just kind of helping my mom out. We decided I'd come back up one more time, and this is after X had actually introduced my music to Thelonious. Okay. Mm. I came back up here and the intention was to work with him on some stuff. And I had been familiar with him for a long time. Mm-hmm. Even that was a crazy story because he was up here um, playing beats for Xavier. Um, 
And he was like, oh, these are all of these are fire, but some of them don't really fit me. But I got a homie in Florida that I think would kill these. Mm-hmm. Um, so by the time I came up here, my first time meeting him, we played 2K. And I don't remember who won. Mm, so I'm going like to just say him. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's go for, ahead and mark yeah. that on the record. <laughs> <laughs> well, we played 2K and the conversation... The whole time was us getting to know each other, and by the end of that, he was like, "So, bet when are we getting in the studio?" You did that like it was like a like a congressional hearing. You're like, I do not recall who I won. Do, I do not recall. Um, Winners yeah. remember. <laughs> yeah, I need that as a tattoo. Winners remember. It's like when uh, yeah. y'all see that Kobe and T Mac interview recently. Yeah, T Mac was like, "Man, we weren't playing for real. We want Kobe was like, the score was eleven to four. <laughs> I bust your ass. Right. <laughs> There's nothing casual about it. Oh, that, oh man. And T-Mac was my hero yeah. growing up. So that hurt my feelings a little bit, that interview. Yeah, that was right. Yeah. That Kobe T-Mac argument happened yeah. a million times. Yeah. And for them to sit there. I mean, I tweeted this the other day. Like, I can't wait to have children and have them believing that T-Mac was way better than Kobe. <laughs> Talk about myth making. Oh, that's great. Because that's how I grew up. That's I was like, Kobe who? There was a two year span as a Kobe fan where that Uh argument was really valid. Okay. There was a time that those last two years in Orlando. It was like, oh, it's kind of hard to argue. Okay. If you concede that, then I'm I'm good. I find him so much more likable than Kobe. Well, yeah, Kobe's not a likable person. Yeah. (laughs) I I think also because he didn't win. Mm. We don't. We don't. Mm. We don't. Yeah, we like winners until they win too much. Yeah, him and AI are getting shortchanged in, yeah. the, in the history books. Yeah, in NBA Live 03, I once scored 100 points with Tracy McGrady. I did that every day. <laughs> yeah, that was my that's goal. That's what it was. That was my goal. <laughs> that's what it was about. <laughs> I would get on there, and the goal is to score 112 points <laughs> with only Tracy McGrady. Yep. Every shot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's the move. Yeah. <laughs> so you're starting to build these relationships. You're up here, and yeah. you were like, it sounds like you're like, well, I'm not doing shit back home. Might as well try to do some shit here. Is it kind of that simple? It was. It, it is kind of that simple. It was really just, man, I think... I, I listened to a lot of music from up here. Like, mm-hmm. Mick Jenkins' The Water changed my life. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah that was a joint. Yeah. Especially in, in what way? the yeah. Southern Chicago connection. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, I could see, yeah. Because I was in a time period where I was, was like... Jesus shit, too. Yep. Yeah. So <laughs> I was in a... remaking it for yeah. himself. Again, we're yeah. going to just keep interrupting. <laughs> I was in a time period where I was really trying to, like, reconcile the faith that I have in the music that I want to make and even the life that I want to live. Yeah. Kind of moving out of some of the more restrictive, like performative versions of Christianity, you know, where there's, it's kind of like, I'm doing this to be seen mm-hmm. um, and very legalistic, like moving yeah. out of that and kind of. Argyle sweater vest culture. <laughs> yeah, some of that, <laughs> some of that. Um, though I don't think I ever put on an Argyle sweater vest. You didn't do the sweater vest nah, over the button-up joint? Nah, nah. Uh, um, but, it, but it's like, I'm doing this to not break the rules, not yeah. because it means anything to me. Yeah, so like, Making, I wanted to make music that matched the life that I was living, but also like honored the 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 faith that I had. Yeah. And when I listened to the waters, I was like, oh man, this is a step in that direction. Yeah. Like, um, and there's I can't I can't I can't like credit myself with being the only person who was having these thoughts. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but like listening to that project, um. That was one that really just it 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 jumped out at me. It's like yeah. okay, this is possible. Yeah, like it may not be the perfect representation of what I'm trying to do, but this is like in that direction. Yeah. Um. So I would been I always felt like I fit more sonically with what was going on in Chicago mm-hmm. than what was going on at home. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's stuff I love, 
but it's not what I make. Right. Like, I love gold tooth, bass rattling, ignorant music, mm-hmm. but it's not what I make. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, yeah. Chicago's um, music scene was a little more varied, mm-hmm. and there was more of a place that I could carve out here than back home. So in that process of kind of redefining what feels um, significant about mm-hmm. that piece of yourself, uh, how's that process going? Because that's a huge undertaking to like build back down to the foundation, excavate the foundation, mm-hmm. figure out what you want to build back up. How's that going? I mean, it's still in progress and I don't plan for it to stop progressing till I'm dead. Like a person who doesn't evaluate who they are and what, they believe, I think that's a dead person walking. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to ever be there. I, I always want to be constructing and deconstructing. Yeah. But I mean, as of right now, like, I like the person that I am. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, Shout out to that. That's yeah. fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Let's, let's that's up. beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Our uh, next guest, Tony Robbins, will be right here. <laughs> um, I like the person that I am, and I want to continue to build and deconstruct him yeah. um, as long as I live. So, I mean, it's. It's a, it's a work in progress. Yeah. So when did wifey get here? Um, let's, when did, let's get back to the... Okay, so we were dating long distance for a long time. And then she's probably lived here in Chicago for maybe two years now. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and much like me, when she got here, she was like, this is too cold. Yeah. Um, why is. does anyone live here? Why do we live here? God has forsaken this entire place. Yeah. Um, and that's how I feel every day I get up and go to work and it's <laughs> negative two outside. Yeah. <laughs> um, What's your day job? Um, so right now I am working at a rather large hotel. Okay. And I do audio visual. Okay. At the at the hotel. Uh, you ever just throw a little reverb on the on the presentation mic? <laughs> Man, you <laughs> just a little air horn. <laughs> Doing that kind of work when it's not like a big show or um, anything musical gets really mundane. Mm-hmm. But it's it's way more physically demanding than you would think because hmm. we're kind of like glorified roadies. Yeah, mm-hmm. the hotel has two towers, and our storage spaces are spread apart so everywhere. So yeah, we're yeah, just yeah. running back and forth all day. Um, so you're basically just doing wind sprints. <laughs> basically, <laughs> while while pushing heavy gear. Yeah, it's probably which, not that different from football practice. Yeah, yeah, it's not too different, which has done wonders for my cardio on stage. Anyway, yeah. let's see if there's any... So in this moment, as much or as little as you want to share, yeah. going all the way back to the beginning mm-hmm. and, and some of the challenges, what is feeling most challenging and what is feeling like it's opening up for you? It's almost like they're the same thing. I'm beyond the point of like feeling like my... My work isn't good. Um, I've, I've been there. I've felt like, man, the reason I'm not getting a response is because it's not good enough. I think the hardest thing is to get more people aware. Yeah. But then as I say that, I'm also sitting in a room with two people who at one point were not aware of my music. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So I think it's like that's a that has to be an ever constant struggle for an artist. Unless you're like Michael Jackson big. Michael Jackson was probably at one point like, okay, that's enough people who know my name. But he still probably would have read the the tweets, though, the yeah. mentions. He would yeah. have been in his own mentions. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I think that's the... Man. Yeah, have y'all seen the documentary? I haven't watched it. Oh, man. I have not. <laughs> Your eyes just... I like... have not. But the way that you look at it, it's, it's, it looks bad. Does it look rough? It's, it's bad. 
Okay, like, well, let's take out the fact that I said Michael Jackson. <laughs> and we'll replace it's, it with Beyonce. Yeah, right. <laughs> Our uh, unproblematic queen. Uh, oh, man. Yeah. It's, it's a tough time. We're going to have to reconcile. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen it. Let's talk after we've, yeah. after yeah. we've seen it and do some... Yeah. Yeah. I'll just sigh. Okay. okay. Just, uh, Maybe a collective sigh would be good. Three, right. two, one. <sighs> and we're back. back. But yeah, just the... For me, it's never really been trying to attain a level of fame. Yeah. But I do want to eat off of this. Yeah, right. Yeah, like, yeah. I want to feed my family off of what I think I'm talented to do. Yeah. That's a that's a struggle of trying to get there. So let's do some forecasting. Yeah. Like, let's pick what does a Wednesday in eight years for you look like if everything goes as you want it to? I'm waking up next to my wife. I'm probably heading downstairs to my dope in-home studio setup. Mm-hmm. With your chair. With my chair. <laughs> I'll, I'll put that in your vision. Yes. <laughs> I'm you with it. Chair by the um, <laughs> you have um, to stand for the next seven and a half years. <laughs> I'm either listening to something that I did the night previous or starting work on producing something for someone else or for myself. Because um, I think I want to produce for myself and for other people, like in perpetuity. Like, yeah. Dr. Dre been making beats for a long time. Yeah. I mean, there's debate on if he's making the beats or not. Yeah. But, you know what I'm he saying? Was in a studio. <laughs> right. At least. Right. Beats were made. Yeah, beats were made. <laughs> they are, there are beats by Dre. <laughs> um, and I think... Nobody on that? All right. I, I do. I, no. I well, saw, it, saw it coming. Yeah. yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, I, I, <laughs> I heard I respect it, you. Acknowledged it. You don't need to. Yeah. I'll get over it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like, waking up, making music, definitely... Some kids somewhere in there within eight years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Shout out to the little suede. Yeah. <laughs> the velvets. Right. The velvets. <laughs> the velvets. And then the second one, velveteens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I think what uh what I'm honestly like looking and searching for is like to be comfortable while creating. Comfortable temporally. Because I think we're never gonna be like fully comfortable within ourselves. Yeah. But right. to not do math. When I'm getting gas, to <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so not be like, okay, that's twenty five dollars. So uh, what yeah. a great way to describe yeah. like a little bit of stability. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> if there was anything outside of music you would like to create mm-hmm. or, or do work with, do you have any projections of other forms of creativity? So I went to school um, for journalism. Ah, um, where at the University of Florida? Okay, and I actually. Went there because it was, like, the closest thing to, like, being in front of microphones and having equipment around. Mm-hmm. So I did, like, telecom production. And my, my, I specialized in film. Mm. Um, I think I've always been a storyteller. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I kind of fell in love with the idea of being able to tell stories visually. So, so I'm I, seeing, like, a little bit of directing story, yeah, screenwriting some type writing, joint directing. in the future. Maybe even a little bit of acting, like you know. Okay, what I'm you know, you, know, you got some pop to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> get that off. Yeah, so um, I definitely want to be in that realm. Even like um, the most recent video that I put out, like that was a collaboration between myself and a good friend of mine named Matt Everett, who was the director and lead on all of that. We spent a lot of man hours just kind of sitting down talking, yeah, and writing that vision out. And it was so dope to see mm. it come to life, like on the screen. Mm. Like yeah. I, I want more of that as I'm as I'm moving forward. I hope Wednesday in eight years sounds a lot like what you just described. Yeah, that would be super dope. Before and maybe we, we could yeah. sit down again and have this conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. 
in with some comfortable chairs around. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and whiskey. <laughs> Before we get out of here, um, you want to do a little little checkout? Yeah. Like? Any thoughts or feelings from this conversation, right? Like anything that you remember, any threads that like, oh, I was about to say that, but then the, 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 the direction changed, or just how you're feeling, or all of those things. Let's just... Yeah, anything you want to like bring back in? I'm pretty comfortable with where the conversation went. I I, I love just random conversation. Um, I recently dropped an EP called Three Piece. Well, yeah, yeah, no, get the plugs in. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, definitely that. But uh, other than that, I mean, I'm super good with how this played out. You're very good at it. Here's my checkout feeling. The thought that I was going to articulate is, I just realized I don't think... I would have moved in the Great Migration. I think, mm-hmm. one, my life today tells me I wouldn't have moved. Okay. One, I'm too lazy. Okay. <laughs> so the fact that I still put up with these winters mm-hmm. and I don't want to be here. <laughs> yeah. But I was like, well, I'm not about to go nowhere. <laughs> my grandma right over there. Right. Oh, I know great. the streets. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm not about to pack. I feel you. <laughs> I feel you. Uh, and then the oh, fact that I would be funny. leaving somewhere where it did get cold. Yeah. To go somewhere cold, I think I would have put up with some shit. I think I think <laughs> I feel like we we did bring all our seasoning up. You know, I feel like there's still there's some, it's some stuff some, missing. There's some flavor there's down some there. Fell off the back yeah. of the car. Yeah, so the I think I would have been greatly stayed. Oh, <laughs> I feel that. I feel that. I've been thinking about this. It's funny you said that. I think like the very sad fate of me, like 400, 500 years ago. I would have been the like very naive ideal guy on the explorer ship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we would have gotten there and they would have started doing what they were doing. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I didn't sign up. I just wanted to see some sights. I just wanted a trip. <laughs> I heard I something just, about some spices. I was right. just bored in Europe. Yeah. I didn't know we were, right. What y'all oh, getting shit. into, man? <laughs> we did not talk about this. We were exploring. <laughs> that was we are no longer exploring. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Because oh, I like to travel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You would have easily take a ship ride. Yeah, yeah. Fuck it. yeah, I don't have anything going on. I might as well. I got a producer friend. Right. <laughs> might as well move. Let's go see. Let's go see what's popping. Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> what do you mean? There's no boats going back. Right. Oh man. We're yeah. putting who under the ship? <laughs> what's this machete for? I didn't bring my own machete. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, the fact that you were able to get that off and it was funny, like you. Yeah, yeah. good that's job. A, that's a bit. Let's let's yeah. let's clap it up oh, yeah, yeah. for ourselves. There we go. <laughs> good work, everybody. <laughs> go team. We'll check back in in a week. Uh, thank you so much for coming through. Any other ways that you would like to be found? Your music or your thoughts or you as a person? I've been having this trouble with Spotify for mm-hmm. some reason, mm. where. There was like a thousand suedes that I was not aware of mm. prior. Oh, so your music was getting set up on their pages it was, too? Yeah, or some. what was even worse is that their music would show up on mine. Mm. And it was not good. <laughs> it was not good. So that it wasn't even like sounded a... sounded more like Velcro. Yeah, Velcro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but oh, um, made the switch to Southpaw suede. Congratulations. Thank you. Once that happened, somehow Spotify ended up creating two pages but we've been in contact, and I think it's going down to one now. All right. So, yeah, SoundCloud, Spotify, you can find me at Southpaw Suede, Apple Music, same. And the EP is up. Like, I was listening to it this morning. You yeah. can find it. Yeah, it's out. Yeah. It's there and everything like that. So, search the name. If you want to find me on Twitter, it's Southpaw Suede. Instagram, Suede in the Water. 
There's a story behind that. But real, is there a real quick version of that? Uh, story? There's a real quick you version. You can't say there's a story behind <laughs> that. And then we're like, well, see you next time. <laughs> so there's a lot of swimming in Florida. And my last name is Wade. Oh. And anytime I would step into a pool and or lake, because we swam in lakes because we country, people would sing <laughs> Wade in water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I just I, I, it's good I, to have an audio cue every yeah, time you yeah. go uh, on a recreational activity. That's <laughs> yeah, perfect. it yeah. seems dope, but not when it's a Negro spirit. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least was it always Negroes? Were there non-Negroes? Yeah, no, it was always Negroes. <laughs> okay, had it right. been non-Negroes, then we had a little problem. bit of problem. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I like non-Negro. I yeah, like non-Negro. <laughs> start using We're going to start using Negro as the default. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. We're at Ergo Radio. I'm at Ergo Kiss. Damon underscore AF. And we'll be back next week with another person reshaping the culture of our city for the more equitable and creative. Much love to the people. Peace. Yeah. We thought we were out of here, but this is, this we, is important for the historical we, record. We kept okay. talking. So right. let, let, let's try to like... Do the thread. So we were complimenting you on how great of a conversation this was. Right, right, right. And how there's space for you in this media dialogue discourse world. And, and you I should listen to that. it. Yeah. That got us into Joe Budden. He seems like somebody who's taking a lot of L's. But no but not, big L's. But no, no big L's. L's. And now he's like found himself in the center. And then we like. Who has taken the hard L. Juxtapose that. Yeah. Chingy as an L taker. Right. <laughs> It's interesting now yeah. that he is a Hebrew Israelite. Right. And so you got excited because you have a Hebrew Israelite cousin. And like, yeah. we don't talk about Hebrew Israelitism. No, it's, 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 it's really it's, under discussed. Yeah, like, under- for how crazy that nigga is, <laughs> it's really under discussed. Like, so I what, feel like, what's some shit your, 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 your Hebrew so, Israelite cousin told you? So, my mother's side of the family is full of like medical professionals and educators, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. My cousin was at a family gathering in front of everyone standing there telling them that if they ate vegan, uh-oh, uh-oh. it would cure cancer. Mm. He spent two hours arguing doctors, nurses, teachers that he could cure cancer by only eating vegetables. And not prevent cancer. No. Cure cancer. Cure, yes. Because prevent you got an argument. If you have it already. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I don't even know this to be like a Hebrew Israelite like <laughs> tenet. There is something to plant-based healing, right? Also like Dr. Sebi. Yeah, yeah in general, absolutely. But the idea of like, oh no, we're good. we will make yeah. it to <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah. right. Like if we all just only eat vegetables from yeah. now on, no one will ever get cancer. Yeah, that's a bold claim. Yeah. I remember yeah. after the, you remember the, there was a whole like, Magazines confronting the, the um, native, yeah, the Native mm-hmm. American guy, and the the mom of one of the teens was like, they were provoked by these black Muslims. It turns out they were Hebrew Israelites. Mm-hmm. Someone tweeted, "Oh no, mainstream white America is thirty seconds away from learning about Hebrew Israelites." <laughs> man, we gotta man. Like, this is it's, gonna be bad. like on one hand, I feel like they need to be talked about, yeah. and on another right. hand, it's like keep them. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know if it's them or if it's another like group Oof. that like tells black women they're not supposed to get periods. That I think that's just like general hotep. Okay, and you know they go to the same function. Man, they be hanging out hard. (laughs) That's yeah, they are in the same thought circle. You think they got like little like rivalries and and oh absolutely, oh absolutely, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh man. I wonder it's it's documented. It's on YouTube, pretty heavy. I wonder if they do. You know, like the like the Black Greek organization yeah. i wonder if they have like their own version of they like do. step shows and like the conferences and debates yeah and all types of shit. do you think right now <laughs> there are three dudes 
recording a podcast talking about us the way that we're talking about them. <laughs> I don't know what you would categorize. These, these, these organizers and these rappers are so weird. They have these like out there beliefs. <laughs> but people should eat more vegetables. Yeah, absolutely. And it yeah. is, it is yeah. correlated to care. Yeah, it, eat see, more vegetables. So here's the yeah. thing about the internet. It's a little bit of truth. People don't understand how to present arguments and claims mm-hmm. and say things as absolutes. Absolutely. Because yeah. cancer does need mucus to survive mm-hmm. and plant-based diets can reduce or remove mucus, which can then... Right. Have, All of these things were brought up in that room. Right, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah. But to just say, absolutely, let's cure this cancer. Right. What are y'all waiting for? <laughs> Build this, get a salad bar. <laughs> That's not... But we should stop eating meat as somebody who's addicted to meat. Mm. At least stop depending on meat. That's my thing. I cannot go a day without some Man. type of meat. I can go a day without sugar, right? I can go a day without dairy. I that cannot seems think harder. It, it right? Theoretically, for me, yeah. Theoretically. I'm a sucker for a pastry, but I cannot think of the last 24 hour time where I did where I had no meat. Maybe never in my life have I gone a day without. Meat. We're gonna make this happen, Dame. I got you. We're, this I, is look, now I'm not, I'm a not, mini series. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna we're gonna do have a you, live podcast. Have you ever gone a day without meat? If I did, it was out of poverty and out of choice. So, <laughs> I didn't choose to not have meat. It was just ramen noodles were the only thing in the house. Well, oh, yeah. man. All right. Eat less know. meat. Back up, your, back up your... That's another thing I'm borrowing from another podcast. Eat less meat. Back up all your data. We've had some hard drive issues. Yeah. And uh, Also, present arguments like with, with the nuance. full data and nuance. Yeah. 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 And that's why it's important to back up your data. So when you need the data for your argument, <laughs> right. it's there and ready to go. Yeah. All right. Speaking of ready shout to go, to let's get the hell out, out of here. I'm with like, <laughs> That's our funniest shout out. Please don't jump me. Yeah, I'm about to say, they, Israelites they might be And or Hoteps. <laughs> Much love to the people. Peace. <laughs> This episode of Ergo is brought to you by Cards Against Humanity. They asked us not to read an ad, so we didn't. 